Musical Theater Writer Guy was written and filmed as a YouTube channel series on the traditional and unceded territory of the Muncie Lenape and Canarsie people. Each episode is also released here in podcast form. To learn how you can work with me or to join the Musical Theater Writing Collective, please find out more at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special conversation today with someone who I was introduced to only a couple of years ago, but I feel so very close to. This is Jenny Clift, who is an EFT energy performance coach and is here to talk to us today about EFT, what it is, how it's useful to us as creatives and specifically as writers. So please join me in giving a big welcome to Jenny Clift. Hello, hello, hello. So lovely to see you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And with our time difference, too, you're just an angel. So thank you so much. (laughs) Um, But I I got you on the 4th of July. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you did. Shh, don't tell people. They'll call me unpatriotic. Um, <laughs> so uh, my first question is the one I ask to everybody, which is, uh, how do you personally identify as a creative and as a professional? Mm-hmm. Um, as a creative, let's start there. Definitely, I'm a violinist. I'm a professional violinist. I studied many decades ago in, in London. And then had had and still have a freelance violin career um I also um write I've written a book um called the music inside and I write um regularly newsletters and things although that I wouldn't consider I don't consider myself a professional there um (laughs) and I my second career if you like is as an EFT and an energy coach um and that started well, I first was introduced into this world back in 2011. And then since 2016, when I got trained, I started working with other people. And from 2020, and that I met you kind of around then and maybe a little later, mm-hmm. is when I really started working with musicians and actors and writers and other creators, photographers, different people. So um, mm-hmm. that's how I show up these days mainly, yeah. Which I love because um, we, we talk about this all the time inside the writing collective, how all of us wear so many different hats. And just like in that one little explanation, as you were saying, as a creative identify as, but then you start saying the other creative things you do. I was like, and the crossover between like the professional and the creative side is just um, like, it's unavoidable, right? Yeah, although, you know, as a, as a violinist, as a classically trained violinist, for so many years, it was just not acceptable, if you like, to do other things. It was, mm-hmm. you're a violinist or you're nothing, you know, this typical conversation or, or question from teachers of, um, if there's anything else that you can think of to do, do it kind of thing. And so even an inkling that you might want to do other things as well was kind of a no-no. And so that's only been recent to accept that, you know what, I am multifaceted. And the more I work with other musicians and artists and creatives, the more I see that, you know, that it just we just have so many things we're interested in and good at as well. that's so interesting that you say that about being told uh, if you can do anything else do it because that's a common strain in theater I know Mm -hmm. that uh, both as a performer and a writer I've been told this so many times I 
I guess I never crossed that over into classical music, but I guess I'm also not surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Is is the classical music world similar in the way of like you almost are granted a job? Like, yes, you have to earn it, but also someone else is kind of saying, yes, I will hire you. Is it that similar sort of position of power? What the kind of gatekeeper thing or, or... sure. Or like yeah. you you aren't able to what's the word I'm looking for? You don't have the ability to necessarily create your own classical chair position as a violinist, right? You have to be hired. I Is think that true? um yes and no. I think it depends what we what we're looking at. Certainly orchestral you know, which which is a lot of my career with orchestral music, that is definitely the case, you know, being hired and, and taking auditions and passing if you're lucky or not, and then carrying on. But then we do, of course, have the chamber music thing. So I, for many years, I, I played and created a quartet and played with them. And also I had a guitar and violin duo. And so that kind of thing I did make. Now, making money is just hard with everything. There's no doubt about it. it it's a struggle. It's a constant putting yourself out there. It's a constant questioning, am I good enough? Uh, you know, um, I, you know, identity, the identity piece is huge. And I remember when I started, and this is, you know, when we get into the tapping, I started working with a coach. And he, you know, I introduced myself as a, I'm a violinist. I play the violin. Um, but to actually say in my mind, I'm a professional violinist, I realized I couldn't say that and believe it. For years, even though I was making money, a little bit of money with it, or sometimes more, um, but it was still, I had so many blocks to that. And I realized that with so many um, other creatives and artists, it's kind of, we have this, almost shame around saying that, announcing that, you know, other people are allowed to be, right. you know, say that, but to actually, and to own that for yourself is really, you know, it's, it's so crazy, isn't it? I mean, who says, oh, I'm not a professional dentist, oh no, you know, so, I mean, it's just insane, isn't it? But um, I, I think know. for me anyway, and I think for most people, we're so tied up with, it's such a sole part of us and it's so vulnerable. Yeah. That to announce it to the world, it's almost, I don't know, or maybe it's the whole thing of it's not really encouraged <laughs> as a profession. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, and I, I think for, that's so interesting, because I think for writers, we can even take it a step further, because I, I am constantly telling people when they're like, oh, I'm not really a writer. I'm like, but you've written things, so you are a writer. <laughs> but a step beyond that, though, is that idea of professional pardon me, professional writer, I think for some reason um, it's it's gotten into the culture of theater that unless you're, you've actually been paid at some point for your writing, you can't call yourself a professional writer. And that even used to be um, part of, maybe I'm misspeaking here, but I think I'm remembering correctly, that that used to be kind of part of the gate to even get into the dramatist guild was your work had to sit before a paying audience. I don't think that's the case anymore, but um, when and I so, applied originally, I had so to wait here's until then. Here's my question for you then, Michael, because <laughs> I have ideas about this, but I'd love to hear yours. Um, how would you define that professionality then? 
as opposed to someone like I don't think of myself as a professional writer, but I write a lot. Mm. But I, you know, and my book, yeah, I've sold several, you know, hundreds of copies, but um, it's not keeping the world from the door, that's for sure. But I don't think of myself as a professional. So how would you define it? The this is going to seem like a cop out answer, but it's how I actually feel. I I would leave that up to individuals to define. Okay. Um, I do personally feel that if I am dedicating time and energy regularly in my life to the pursuit of writing, then I'm a professional writer, right? I'm just at that point, a professional writer who hasn't had a production yet. Like just because I've been produced does not make me any more or less a professional writer than people who have six shows sitting on the shelf waiting to be produced. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I no, also... I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think this professional versus amateur has a lot to do with I'm showing up even though I don't feel like it, you know, yes. on a regular basis and, and, you know, doing the work kind of thing. And, and certainly as a violinist, I think, or as a musician, there's a lot of fear that if we say I'm a professional, it will take away some of the joy from it. Ooh. And it will, um, you know, it'll stop being something I do because I love it and it's fun and everything. It'll start being hard work, like being a dentist or, well, I don't know why I'm picking on dentists. They probably love their work. Sorry. Um, so that was definitely a thing for me, yeah. you know, sort of, I think, you know, one of the blocks. Yeah. And that just tugged at my actor heart string, mm. like very hard. That mm. was something I grappled with um, in college because like mentally I was excited to go forth and do professional theater and get paid to be on stage but then I remember getting hired for my first gig and having that feeling of like oh am I not going to enjoy this (laughs) um and honestly sometimes it does get in the way still as an actor um not something I've experienced quite yet as a writer but I could definitely see like having a theater come to me wanting to do a production of my show and it's a great opportunity, but there's a few hangups. I could see that kind of creeping in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And well, maybe we'll do a bit of EFT tapping about those hangups a bit yeah, later. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, speaking of EFT, yeah. so EFT, can you just give a, a rundown of uh, what the letters stand for and what it is, what this work actually is. Yeah, absolutely. So um, EFT, it's a, it stands for Emotional Freedom Technique mm-hmm. um, and it an uh, energy technique or tool that you basically, it, there's two ways of describing it, one and which go together. One is acupuncture without the needle because basically what we do is we use the same meridian Chinese, uh, traditional Chinese medicine system of meridians and energy pathways mm-hmm. within the body and our uh, system. And But instead of putting needles into points, we tap on our face or our, well, it's a little bit on our body, um, and that's shown to bring down cortisol, which is a, a stress hormone, and to regulate the energy in the body, to regulate the chemistry of the body, even rewire the brain. And so uh, 
there's that is one part of it the actual tapping on the body mm-hmm. and breaking down these um the chemical you know the chemistry and the and the nervous system and then the other part of it they again another quick definition is talk therapy with um yeah with the body aspect of it so you're tapping as you're talking and so um basically what happens in a in a just briefly in a session is I will talk to a person or in a group find out what's going on so there's something an issue I don't know it could be for a writer or for a musician you know this whole idea of not good enough Mm, comes mm, up mm. rears its head so often you know we've we've been brave enough to put something out the other day I was um, doing a video on Instagram which was post and get therapy but you know but post and in my case it's post and do some tapping on it because the moment we've dared to put ourselves out there that's such a or even just put something down on paper um, then so much comes up from within our programming within our whole DNA even you know Mm -hmm. in our system the fight or flight response gets triggered yeah big time and you know of course as a violinist this was very clear and you know shaky bows and things like that but all of us fear um you know this exposure if you like and so this really helps with that and so basically what we do we talk about what is going on then the the technique involves speaking out loud Mm. and when you work with someone we do it kind of back and forth as like an echo effect and while we're speaking and saying what is really going on so we speak to our feelings both emotional and physical and to um thoughts that are coming up and limiting beliefs and memories Mm. so we we pull out you know where might this be coming from? And of course, you know, when I'm going with a one-to-one climate, we can go very deep. We can go, and very often, you know, if we if we put ourselves out there, this is not the first time we felt this fear. It right. may go way back. You know, the very first time you stood up in and read a poem in in fourth grade, something, right. and you stumbled over a, over a word, and the other kids laughed, or the teacher said, "Oh, that wasn't very good. Sit down," or you know, or let's let Jimmy do it, sort of thing. You know, these kind of little cuts of them, which really we hold with us, and definitely at a subconscious level, we bring to the table now. So it's something which you know, on the face of it, it's just not such a big issue, but it becomes full of this emotional and and energetic baggage and so doing the tapping as you're talking you're starting to to create it creates a kind of perspective a different perspective and a distance so we still have what went on or what we're feeling but we're not in it emotionally and energetically um so far sorry that was a long no that's that's great that's um because I know everyone watching this won't necessarily know no. uh, EFT. You may have, may have heard the term, may never have, may have been introduced, maybe even tried it a little bit, um, which is why I was excited to bring this today. Because as you know, we, we've had a discussion. I've been exploring energy work more myself, 
over the past couple of years in different uh different ways but yes. it all began with with you yeah at, in uh the spark file shout out to laura camion and susan blackwell for bringing you in to the spark file and we had that lovely session together and then had a private session after that and that really opened the door for me to begin exploring what energy work is and and um how important the mind-body connection is to everything we do like just to living life absolutely absolutely and this is oh and just one thing to say before i forget it, it's eft but it's also very often known as tapping mm -hmm. and people might have heard of it as you know eft sure. tapping or just tapping because of you know tapping to stimulate the acupressure points and everything but yeah i mean your comment about life um, when I started working back in 2011, I just discovered it online. Um, it was on YouTube, and I started looking at, at videos, and it, it was. And I sort of looked and I thought, "Oh, that's interesting." And I'll tell you what um, drew me to. It was a time in my life. It was back in yeah, 2011. I was still very much um, immersed in being a violinist, but I'd. Because of the whole issue of making money, I was more focused on teaching violin. So mm. I had a big studio, I had like 60 violin students, you know, it was crazy. And doing really well and making money, but I was really frustrated. I wanted to be performing more. I was doing some performing, I was, um, but I wanted to do more. And But I had so many limiting beliefs, you know, that I'm not good enough, there's not enough jobs, there's, you know, I'm just not good enough but so I'm not good enough so much and I won't be able to make any money my my family will be upset if I shut this in and try to make my living as a violinist you know I'll, so many so many thoughts and everything and so I was doing a lot of work with affirmations at the time mm -hmm. um, and trying to feel good through affirmations you know sort of saying I'm I'm on stage and everyone's you know and I'm doing really work well affirming you know so and I realized I was just making me furious it was making me just it because it brought up so much back talk you know so much of the I don't believe a word of this in your dream you know all these kind of back chat and so you get to EFT and you start saying uh, for example even though I don't know I'm not good enough I love and accept myself completely and you know and people go whoa I can't say that you know so some people some people are fine with it but sure. you know but it's the idea of acknowledging what is or what is right now in this moment it and for me that's very kind of almost buddhist or something you know so we're not sure. fighting reality as we see it in this moment but the idea is to say yeah this is here I am and I'm going to heal that and be able to move forward. And that's what I find so much with myself, with EFT, and with my clients a lot, that the it's really quick to go in deep and then to move through things which, I don't know, 20 minutes ago didn't feel surmountable. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you're, from your experience, working either together or maybe you've done with anyone else, if that feels, if you can add anything to that, Michael, I mean... I can, yeah. Um, hmm, hmm, mm hmm. I have so many thoughts like swirling at the, at the moment. Um, where do I want to start? Um, 
I'll start with your Buddhist comment just briefly, uh, because I, I, I agree with you. I mean, a, a large, not that I've read the Vedas, but, but a large amount of what, what I hear from coaches who, who, uh, coach from a, a Veda ik is that a word? Vedic perspective. Um, they talk about how really, if you're to boil it down, like presence, right? Being in the present moment with an acceptance of what is and yeah. not energetically resisting or fighting against that is yeah, what, the starting point for anything that comes afterwards. And I think that is such a beautiful, wonderful principle. And one of the things that clicked for me the first time that I tapped with you, because um, I think I also ended up in one of those rounds volunteering the first time I met you to be the voice back and forth, oh, the which echo voice, yep. was very scary, but delightful, uh, was that by feeling body, like literally body touching body and also vocalizing at the same time, you couldn't go anywhere else. You can't leave the present moment. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was pretty easy to get deep into things because immediately it was like, oh, well, I've shut off any other avenues to escape this. But if I, I, there's something about the, the tapping points that feel safe, yeah. like it doesn't feel yeah. scary to say these things aloud may feel vulnerable but doesn't feel scary i and i think to to just to comment on that i think you know the saying it aloud is very powerful i mean having said that we can tap and think as well you know because i often tap um you know i'm not going to stop speaking it aloud if i'm lying in bed at night and i can't sleep i you know my husband will go what they f you know what's going on sort of thing but you so you can do it silently and there are moments and you can do there are ways of being left a bit more discreet, but saying it aloud, and I think especially the process working together, we say it twice because when I say, you know, I basically the system, and we'll see this now, is, is you tell me what's going on, so then I use your words, you repeat them back. By the time we've said it maybe three times, and we're tapping, as you say, this. These, this idea of it, I'm safe in my body, I'm right here right now, it really takes the heat out of them. It takes, you know, it de decouples the energy around the emotion that's going on. Yeah. Yes. And this is just occurring to me in the moment. So I'm going to say it, but I think it's true. Is, and I've never put thought to this, is with you saying it first, I've noticed in myself and you've chuckled at me before in the past because uh, I'll have like uh, an emotional or a visceral reaction as I go to say the thing back to you, which really, you know, allows for that emotional freedom piece of like, yeah. Yeah. If, that, if something you just said rings really true, I may sigh or chuckle or wince or, you know, and, and just allowing that to be and yeah. to not push that down or repress it like we so often do and I'll tell you something which is funny Michael when when I'm working with someone people will say to me oh my god how do you know what I was thinking and sometimes there is and there definitely is a bit of a intuitive almost psychic thing when we're tapping you know sometimes ideas come to me and I think oh I'm going to say this and then people but very often you've just said it and we're not even really clear about what we're speaking. You know, we can, 10 minutes later, we. I know this from myself as a client working with other people. You know, I thought, 
oh, do you know? And then I go back over the recording and, oh, God, I just said it. And I didn't even realize. So vocalizing it, as you say, you know, it really we can realize if there's a lot of awareness that happens as well. Oh, my God. And the amount of times people say to me, I've never said that aloud. And you know what? Funnily enough, and when we when I say that, we think, oh, God, because it was too traumatic. I can't say that aloud. Mm. But, you know, what's also very, maybe you don't feel that way, but, you know, it's also the case is that sometimes things, things feel too trivial to say out loud. That um, is legit. Yes. Yeah. The other day I was working with someone, yeah, and we were talking about practice sessions. And she was talking about something that happened to her when she was 12. And this teacher who said to her, he he gave her a piece to sight read and because she didn't have, and it was not very traumatic for her. It was okay. She said, I was quite used to sight reading. It was in front of a group and everything. But it was to an extent in that it, it was still with her. And so we tapped and we talked out loud. And I and it occurred to me, yeah, we have so many things that we don't even talk about because, I mean, why am I making, making a fuss about this? But all these tiny little small t traumas, you know, it doesn't have to be massive. They do build up into a massive great block of resistance. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to say two things on this. Um, <laughs> on, on that second piece, with something I've learned just to be vulnerable for a moment, um, I, I have done a less than average job in my life of being able to experience emotion and let it move through. Um, and so learning even over the past year that the simple act of saying aloud, I'm feeling X, helps the emotion actually go and leave instead of getting trapped in your body. And like, it, it does really get trapped muscularly. Like we can feel these things happen. So I, I think that that's a part of the beauty of this work as well. If we are saying everything aloud as we go, yeah. you know, that true acknowledgement. Then the other piece I just want to focus in for musical theater writers for a moment. When we were talking about that, that reflection back uh, in the echo and whatever comes up, for me as the echo speaker and that little emotional moment that you see and you pick up on and you you take to something else like that is I, I just want to highlight that because this is what musical theater does so beautifully and I think why a lot of musical theater hits at emotional centers even if it's a comedy um, a very light comedy like there are things that we are feeling and releasing and a large part of that sure is the play itself but the music aspect right that ethereal feeling that music can then translate through vibration into our body for catharsis for release that is such a, a large part of the power of musical theater and why I think that this energetic work just fits so beautifully with what we do mm. Absolutely. And as you're speaking about that, I'm thinking, okay, and how is this relevant? Or how can we make it, you know, even more relevant for writing as well? And I remember when I wrote, read my, wrote my book, um, then I made, actually, I made a recording of it, just, I mean, it, that was more just for my own probably personal set. I thought I would be able to sell it, but then the Amazon rules didn't let me sell it because I'm in Europe, which was really annoying. Absolutely. But it's okay. But I also realised, and that was that I'd been given advice when I was writing because I did a, a writer's course, um, 
to as a part of the editing process to read it out loud and realizing that you know then I picked up on many more mistakes that I hadn't picked up just by reading it and everything yeah and I realized also then that you know maybe this act also reading it out loud is very I'd like to say I don't know I think it makes it even more a deeply felt or a more yeah healing or something you know Mm. Yes, 100%. Oh, I love that you're saying this because, oh my goodness, what is the major process for the development of a show? We do readings, yeah, right? Yeah. Like almost yeah. everything we do is the process of bringing a group of people together to take the words off the page and let them live in embodiment. And, and that's scary. That's scary. Oh my gosh, so scary. To let other people in the room embody your words my goodness, is there anything scarier? Because that is a piece of you, no matter whether you identify with the character that's that's speaking right now or not, that's a piece of you that someone else is taking and then bringing to life, whether that's sitting around in a workshop or in a full performance. Oh my goodness, I love that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, no, and, and you know, that is somewhere where tapping comes in really. I mean, you don't have to sit and tap while people are re- reading your work. But or you, you can. can. Oh, you can, yeah. I mean, one day, hopefully, we'll be enlightened enough that everyone just, you know, the same as you say, all right, just breathe, deep breathing or something. People would just be sitting there tapping, you know. Even, and it used to be that no one had heard of this, of course, because it didn't exist. Um, but now more and more people are using tapping, you know, both in, in performance, in the sports, in, the, in uh, yeah, in lots of different fields. And it get, and it kind of gives people an edge as well because this understanding of well, first of all, bringing down, um, yeah, the fear and 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 stress and stuff, but also I think getting an energy on your side as well. You know, one thing, and you probably talk about this, Michael. I you know, but I use setting an intention. Uh, very deliberately, you know, sort of an energetic, for example, if it was to go into a, I don't know, for me, it might be a performance, but for maybe a reading of my work, this setting an energetic intention that it's going to go well, that it's going to be well received, you know, we we can, because often the default one is, oh my God, will I like it? Is it going to be awful? And oh dear, I'm going to mess up. I mean, I'm not saying everyone feels this way, but we often do. And so it kind of by default, we're setting an intention that it's not going to be so energetically expansive and and um, easily received. So, you know, that's just to think about different uses of energy and everything. Yeah, that's great. Um... Again, two things I want to say mm. here, one of which is, uh, although I don't generally go through the process of setting energetic intentions necessarily, like I don't phrase it that way. Something we do, however, within the Musical Theatre Writing Collective in our reading series, in our anywhere where someone's getting feedback, so it could be within a course or even in our uh, bi-weekly labs when someone's getting feedback we follow a specific structure because of the energy of it right mm-hmm. first things first before we even do the share the writer gets to speak first and tell us about what the thing is that they've created what space they are in energetically headspace writing space any context we all need to be on the same page 
Then we do the reading, but then we go right back. (laughs) Right. And then we go right back to the writer. The writer gets to speak again and say, this is what that felt like, if they care to say so. But Mm -hmm. then gets to say anything else that came up for them before we then move into an affirmative round. And that is something that I used to do with coaching clients before going into the spark file, but I love that spark file did it too. And this, this idea of, yeah, here's our baseline. Our baseline is things are great. All these things work. This is the stuff that should make you feel energetically good. Now you tell us from there, where else can we help you? And they get to tell us their intentions for the rest of the feedback session. So and 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 this is like the polar opposite to how most of us were taught. Absolutely. Certainly, you know, the music teaching, you know, learning an instrument, that is just like light years away mm. from that kind of system. And, you know, I've always for myself firmly believed if my teachers had all the way along just said, uh, because, you know, my, well, you don't know, but my story was that I was, I went to music college before music college, I was really, really, you know, keen and really excited and being, I'm going to be a professional violinist. And then my teacher at college was just, uh, we just weren't a good fit, let's just say, you know, I mean, he was Hungarian, very strict, very, and I wasn't good enough for him, basically. His, um, his group were like the stars of the college and I wasn't at all. I was there because I, his student was my teacher and, you know, he loved his students, so. I was there on a favour. It was a disaster. And I loathed him. He loathed me. After three and a half years, I just left. And I gave up the violin for eight years. And that was, as far as I could see, the end of my violin career. Mainly, you know, people would say, oh, my God, that must have been terrible. And I remember saying, no, it was a blessed relief. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And that that's why I came to Spain. I was teaching English, which I was very good at. I'm very good at English. I had to learn a bit of grammar. but anyway. Um, yeah, this, oh, I don't know where I came from with this, but yeah, this idea of feedback and positive feedback, I just feel if if that's all that we were given over and over and over again, and the odd pointer here and here and there, just how much potential we could grow into is just Absolutely. mind-blowing. You know? Yeah, and that's, it's all about the energy and the intention, and I, I uh, I think yeah. it's uh, beautiful then to then specifically embody it in this work. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I was going to say from before was, so this is this is an admission. I've never done this before. I just went, was upstate doing a show. Uh, yeah. It's called Double Trouble. It's a two-person musical farce. And each of us, so it's two of us for two and a quarter hours. Um, uh I know. And each of us plays five characters. It is zany. It is all over the place. We're constantly moving, doing costume changes. It's it's so much. And the third character is essentially the sound designer. It's easy for that to feel overwhelming. And so before every single performance, I either tapped or I did breath work nice. just to bring down cortisol levels. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I have been nervous backstage for big shows or tough shows before and it has tripped me up on stage, not to major degrees, but has definitely done it. But this was a game changer to be able to walk into a situation where I was like nervous, actively yeah. nervous because things can go wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Find a center. Yeah. What a gift. 
Yeah. And and so often in that situation, it's it's also the fear of the fear because we know what the fear can do to our performance. You know, with the violin, I mean, yeah, oh God, your bow starts shaking, your hands slide around, you can't, you don't play in tune because you're rigid. There all these kind of things going on. And so just the fear of the fear is bad enough. But 100 um, percent. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and yeah. like wishing I had these had had these tools as a writer because like thinking about anytime I've done a public reading of my work, had I been able to tap beforehand on my anxiety, because like as a writer, it's out of your hands, yeah. right? Yeah. You're in the audience with everybody else watching your work that's being embodied by these people. Things can go wrong and you can't do anything about it, yeah. right? No, but, and, and, and we get told things like, you know, just focus on what you can control. But, and and I remember, you know, grow, growing up as a violinist, you know, I asked teachers, what do I do about nerves? Because I used to get incredibly nervous and, you know, and they were either deep breathing or something. They just weren't the tools mm. to use that were really effective. You know, by the time I was taking orchestral auditions, I was taking beta blockers and everything because mm. that's what we all do and did yeah. you know and so for many years that's what I, I did and then I started tapping and I remember you know my tapping coach saying you can create the same uh not the same but you know a similar chemical environment in your body yeah. through tapping which doesn't have all the side effects or they you know I remember one orchestra audition when I took too many beats and I was practically falling off the stage I was Oof. so you know, for me, too many is more than a quarter of a tablet because, you know, I just right. have such effect. So, um, you know, this is an alternative mm-hmm. and it does have the same, you know. And and it's also bringing your mind in because it's our minds that mess around with us. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and again, that just the embodiment piece, saying something aloud, like, mm-hmm. and... and Obviously, we'll do this soon, but yeah, like that that, that initial stage of, of just saying. Why don't like, we? Why don't we um, do a bit of tapping? Because this must be kind of irritating. What are these two people going on about? <laughs> sure, yeah, just want to talk up all the benefits because it yeah. has helped me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. yes, let's do something. Yeah, sure. Um, so I mean, just to tell people basically the, the stages are beforehand it's talking about something we take a rating usually scale of one to ten so mm-hmm. i don't know let's say uh, give me give me a, a a situation maybe michael that we could focus on because the best way to i think to explain it is to show how it works in real time kind of thing sure great um just putting okay. you on the spot here. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, this is what the work's all about. Um, <laughs> so I have a situation right now where I have reopened the door to um, revisions on the King's Legacy, which are needed right now. But I've been holding off on for over two years, even though I know exactly what needs to change. Because I'd say the biggest thing here is I'm nervous that as I flesh out these moments for my protagonist, for Anne Boleyn, that I'm not going to write up to the standard of what I want, the standard of what already exists in my show, the standard of what other people want out of my writing or expect out of this character. Like, it's been a huge block for me. Mm-hmm. So kind of, okay, yeah. 
the the It's so funny you're talking about Anne Boleyn because right now I'm reading a book which is called The King's Curse with I don't know if you, oh, you yes. Philip I read that Gregory. One. and I'm in the middle of it. So we've just well, we just um beheaded Anne Boleyn, so she's out of it. But um yeah. Oh, it's just I spent my whole time thinking, I'm so glad I wasn't married to King Henry the Eighth. Oh my god, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so many reasons. Okay, so what people will expect, what they'll so tell me a bit more, when you get nervous, Michael, how does that show up for you? I mean... Physically or mentally? Both. Okay. Um, and thoughts that go on. Um, yeah, the emotions, apart from nerves, is there also, I don't know, frustration or shame or other kinds of things? What goes on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the emotional front, I would say there's definitely both frustration and shame. Um, shame because, uh, like, the fact that I haven't written for this piece for two years. I was going to say, feels shameful the to me. I should complete the sentence. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. And I then, should uh, have done this years ago, kind of yeah, thing. I should have just yeah. sat down and written. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and the frustration, of course, just being frustrated at myself for feeling that, mm. essentially, which is a delicious cycle that writers go through. Um, mm. And then, yeah, mentally, the way this all shows up is then then I get so stuck in my head. I sit down to to write something. and I'm like, OK, uh, emotion is not connecting to music right now. I don't know what to do. Uh, I've got tools. I'll just lean on these tools. But then there's it's just a mental game at that point. And then anything I write feels so robotic. Oh God. Okay. Cause I think. So, just... so you can't, you, this disconnect is it? Yeah. I can't yes. connect to the emotion. I can't connect to, or it doesn't feel like it's going to connect. Right. Because of the anxiety, because of the nervousness. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Cause I will say just as an anecdote for any writers out there listening to this, uh, I do. I think there's great value in in the mental tools we have and bringing them in. I mean, one of the the most beautiful pieces in my show is because of a puzzle. Uh, it's a musical puzzle, but there was an emotional piece to the song moment as well, and they came together beautifully. But like when we lean too heavily on one or the other, that's where I, I feel my own writing falls short. Mm, okay. That's when I need to go back to the drawing board eventually. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so there's the nerves. you up with things. Yeah, no, and I'm scribbling away as we do. Where do you feel nerves in your body, Michael? Oh, um. Just imagine. Take a, and this could be for everyone. If you take, think, imagine something that you want to write and maybe, like Michael, you've been meaning to write for, for quite some time and you've been procrastinating on it, putting it off. And and there's even a sense of maybe it's self-sabotage and everything, but you remember, and this is something my EFT coach from way back used to say, self-sabotage is misguided self-love. It's a nice one. It's a part of us that is trying to keep us safe, and this is the way it knows how. So that takes away the added layer of judgment on top, 
Yeah. Okay. So just, but imagine that you want to do this, you know, you really do want to on some level, but mm. there's another part of you, which is, it doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel, I won't be good enough. I'll be judged. I'll be blah, blah, blah. How strong is that anxiety and where do you feel it in your body? I'd say like a seven out of 10. Sure. And I feel that, um, like my lower belly below my belly button and in my pelvic floor okay okay what do you feel kind of tension or like, yeah, a, like, a, knot like a, or... a pulling in a tightness okay yeah okay cool is, is that, that like, at no. seven or can you dial it up a bit can i dial it up a bit the I more mean... you feel it now the easier it you know will really get into yeah oh okay probably probably give me a moment here let me actually think about sitting down to write it yeah no the block is strong on this i give it a solid eight and a half if i'm being real okay yeah, yeah i mean you know and if it's been two years it's there there's resistance yeah you know, it, it, it's this idea of we're all in the same race but we're not some of us have backpacks with rocks in there and so you know it's not so it's not so easy all right so let me do a super brief explanation of what we're going to do and you know this michael because we've already worked together but this is for the benefit of people watching what we're going to do is start with what we call the setup phrase this is the most if you like formulaic part of this um we start on the side of the hand so the first um tapping point that we're going to use is it, it we it call it the karate chop point because if you were going to chop a board or huh, yeah. you know something it would be so just below the pinky and on the side of the hand and we tap with one hand some people like this i usually tap like this on the side of the other hand and it really doesn't matter which hand you use you know i i usually use my dominant hand and tap the other hand but you can switch it up and we start by saying, even though, okay, so I'm going to say, um, uh, let's see which way we're going to go here. All right, I'm just saying, you know, even though I have all this anxiety about sitting down to write. Okay, right. that feels sure. true. All right. And then we add to that. So that's what is going on right now is this. Okay. Mm -hmm. And one thing I love about EFT is that we can beat minute about this we could even say even though um i hate that line in the first act of my play you know every time i think about that play i'm quite happy but that line oh my god i can't believe i put it out there you know and we can really go specific you know i for me myself i have a couple of cds that i made with the violin and guitar and it's like Two notes in one of the CDs, which I can't bear to listen to. They're not even wrong notes. They're just a bit off. And I those are what stand out for me. So I had to tap, you know, even though that F sharp was just a bit out of tune, you know. Yeah. Crazy but true. Anyway, so we start there. And what we do to that is we add a positive phrase. Very often we say, I love and accept myself completely. Mm. Or we can say, I'm safe right now. So something, and it's this juxtaposition of the negative, this is what is going on. Even though I shouted at my daughter this morning, I love and accept myself anyway. Even though I'm not making enough money as a writer, 
I love and honor myself completely, you mm-hmm. know, and it already starts to bring down the nervous system anxiety and it allows us then to move into the, the more of the negative stuff. So we say that three times, then we start going around the points and there's nine basic points. So I'll just point them out, show you where we are. The first one's the inside of the eyebrow and we'll be tapping there. Then the side of the eye, kind of the temple. And it's interesting enough, these are all points that we naturally kind of, you know, go to when we're stressed or whatever, you know, or we're thinking, you think about, you know, when you're thinking hard or, or if you're, so you know. True. Ah. <laughs> can't believe I said that you know we naturally will go to these points you know it's it's really interesting yeah and so side of the eye and then under the eye so right on the bone right below the pupil and again some people you see will tap on both or just one it doesn't matter mm-hmm. right it's not like yoga that you have to balance both sides and you're otherwise you're you know, do half the fun salutation, you fall over sort of thing, but, or it feels like you fall over. And then the next one is under the nose. All right. So let me just re- recap. So we start on the side of the hand, then inside of the eyebrow. And we just do it in this, in this, uh, uh, what's the word? Sorry, in this it, sequence, yes. because, yeah, in this order, because it's just easy to remember. So inside the eyebrow, side of the eye, under the eye under the nose so just between the top lip and the nose and we're tapping there mm-hmm. and then the next one is under the mouth so in the cleft of the chin Great. all right then we have the collarbone that's a little harder to find if you go under the clavicle there's like a dent here and you can be tapping there do you feel it it's kind of oh, yeah. going there's kind of a hollow beneath the clavicle and we're yeah. tapping there all right. And if you can't, sometimes people use their fists there. You're, the good thing about you, we use several fingers, you're going to be hitting the points. All right. Yeah. And, and then under the arm. So it, the easiest way to find it, I found, is if you put your hand under your armpit and it's at the bottom of the hand. And you'll find there, so each person is slightly different, you might even have a slightly sensitive spot there. I certainly do. I can feel that. And that's good. Tap there. Don't hurt yourself, but tap mm. there. And then the last one is right in the center of the top of the head, sort of Fontenelle's place. And again, that might be a little sensitive. So those are your points. And yeah, so let's, and then at the end, we take another rating, one to 10. Where are you feeling now? Sometimes, sometimes, and especially if we're tapping on a specific event, it can come down very fast. You can go from maybe a 10 or a 15 out of 10, you know, sort of thing. And it comes down to a two. Oh, my God, I feel. Or sometimes it can creep down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can bring up other things. It can yes. be, yeah, I was feeling anxious. Now I'm feeling sad. Mm-hmm. You know? So, And it's something I love about this work, that any answer is a good answer. Yeah. Because you, you can't get me in anything. If it's something which you think I don't want to hear, then we just tap on it. You know, Absolutely. So, <laughs> so, you know, you can't, it's a kind of, win-win you can't lose you know all right so ready to do it yes indeed to, uh yes. I, though i want to throw out there um for for you at home um yeah. should people feel free to tap along with us even if yes. it's not their exact thing excellent thank you for asking that yes first of all um i, I you know i'm going to suggest think of something which is going on for you Use Michael's words or use the words that I use, which are going to be based on Michael's words. If it's not your issue, it doesn't matter. We have this um, 
thing called borrowing benefit. So especially this works when we're tapping in a group, someone's tapping on their issue. And it can be an issue that you have something similar or identical maybe, or not. But your brain will do a really good job of making it all about you. And we're good at that. And um, and healing what needs to be healed. And if I say all this shame or I'm feeling so much shame and you think, no, I've never felt shame in my life about this, don't worry, you won't take on anything that's not yours. But yeah, just tap along and maybe, you know, before think of something which is bothering you, something you want to get done, something you've maybe been delaying on, procrastinating on. Rate your feelings on a scale of one to ten, maybe even note it down, and then check at the end and see see what's if anything shifted. All right. Okay, so let's do a demo. All right, and see. Okay, so I'm thinking about this. All right, let's just go with the anxiety first, because quite often, and especially when we're doing it on our own, um, start with the words is harder. And, And so what we can do is start straight away with the emotion and the feeling in the body. So let's do a couple of little rounds on that, and then we'll start going into the thoughts. Perfect. So, Okay, so even though I feel all this anxiety in my belly. Even though I feel all this anxiety in my belly. So you can tune into it a little bit. I love and accept myself completely. I love and accept myself completely. All the, although I have, Sorry, even though I have all this tightness in my lower belly. Even though I have all this tightness in my lower belly. When I think of writing these revisions. When I think of writing these revisions. I love and honor myself completely. I love and honor myself completely. Even though I feel all these nerves and anxiety. Even though I feel all these nerves and anxiety. And I'm resisting doing these revisions. And I'm resisting doing these revisions. I don't even want to get started. I don't even want to get started. And I proved that to myself. And I have proven that to myself. For two years. For two years. (laughs) And I deeply and completely. And I deeply and completely. Love, honor, and accept myself. Love, honor, and accept myself. All right, now we go off around the points, okay? So starting on the inside of the eyebrow, right? All this anxiety. All this anxiety. Okay, so the eye. All this anxiety in my lower belly. All this anxiety in my lower belly. Under under the eye. All this anxiety I'm feeling. All this anxiety I'm feeling. Under your nose. All this tightness in my body. All this tightness in my body. Under the mouth. I'm really feeling it. I'm really feeling it. And the collarbone. It's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. Under the under the arm, all this tightness I feel. All this tightness I feel. The top of the head, I can feel my lower belly and pelvic floor. I can feel my lower belly and pelvic floor. All right, the eyebrow. And we just keep. I I won't say the names of the points anymore. Just if you Sorry. glance up on and you're on a different point, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I feel this anxiety in my body. I feel this anxiety in my body. All this anxiety when I think about writing these uh, these revisions. All this anxiety when I feel think about writing these revisions. I'm really feeling it in my body. I'm really feeling it in my body. I go into fight or flight. I go into fight or flight. I feel so much stress in my body. I feel so much stress in my body. Just thinking about doing it. 
just thinking about doing it. It's no wonder I haven't sat down to write. It's no wonder I haven't sat down to write. I have so much resistance to doing this. I have so much resistance to doing this. All right, just take a moment, okay? So it's just like two rounds. to take a breath, Michael. And just tune in again. And before you were at a, maybe an 8.5 with the physical feelings, just see if anything has shifted or changed or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we call that that lower belly stress. And that is relaxing a little bit, but it feels like it's shifted upward now. Okay, good. So just go go with me. Uh, the lower belly, then, if it was an 8.5, just give it another number. Six. A six, good. All right, so that changing tell me what where it is now no it's like the emotional center yeah yeah your gut sort of thing no yeah yeah but between the rib cage and the belly button okay it's not as high is that solar plexus no lower no i think that's lower yeah i think you're thinking no the solar plexus kind of like where your stomach is yeah oh below then okay good um, and and when you think about that, is it fear or what is it? Or is it? That is that. That is. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fear of being seen. Mm-hmm. OK, now I'm assuming, Michael, this is not the first time you felt this in your life. <laughs> <laughs> No, indeed, it is not. Okay. Do any, and you know, this is getting into the weeds a little bit. Think of an earlier time in your life when you felt this fear in your gut of being seen. Yeah, which one do you want? (laughs) Anything that just jumps, it doesn't have to be a huge thing or it it could be, but you know, something. Um, I'll keep it connected to the show even. Sure, um, do. Good idea. Uh, the 2016 industry reading, my first industry reading that I did, um, that was a very public performance, uh, mm. reading performance of, of the show. Mm. And I felt this heavily at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but there was something about the that presentation and people seeing my work in that setting that really felt like people were going to see me. Mm-hmm. For better which, or they, which they were sure yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know I mean it's a real fear it really is there's this fear that you'll be judged there's fear that people will you know tell you no that's no good you know yeah. you're gonna have to give this all up and go do something else you know it, right. and with that personalization piece it feels like they're saying that about you you're not good right yeah yeah, yeah. identity Absolutely identity and you know our old friend imposter syndrome and this idea you know who do I think I am even setting myself up as a writer and things like that big things all right so let's just do a little bit of tapping all right um oh just quick question did it go well or did it go badly it went well it went well that in some ways doesn't really matter we still what happens you know the, the whole thing of the body holds the score Oh, yes. The Body Keeps a Score. Great book for any and all. Keeps, not hold. Sorry. The Body Keeps a Score. And so even though it went well, even though a part of you is saying, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of, but there's still that memory of fear in your body. Okay. 
Yeah. I remember crunching down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's go with that. All right. So even though I remember crunching down. Even though I remember crunching down. I was so scared. I was so scared. I love and accept myself completely. I love and accept myself completely. Even though I remember crunching down. Even though I remember crunching down. Before that industry reading. Before that industry reading. It was such a public performance. It was such a public performance. It was really scary. It was really scary. And I love and honor myself completely. And I love and honor myself completely. Even though I can still remember that fear in my body. Even though I can still remember that fear in my body. My body keeps the score. My body keeps the score. And I deeply and completely. And I deeply and completely. Love, honor, and accept myself. Love, honor, and accept myself. Okay. All this fear in my body. All this fear in my body. All that old fear. All that old fear. I learned to be afraid. I learned to be afraid. I remember 2016. I remember 2016. That comes to mind. That comes to mind. And I remember that crunching feeling. Remember that crunching feeling. Needing to protect myself. Needing to protect myself. Close in on myself. Close in on myself. Because I was so afraid. Because I was so afraid. So afraid of being seen. So afraid of being seen. So afraid of being judged. So afraid of being judged. Found wanting. Found wanting. And everything that might mean. Oh, and everything that might mean. And maybe a part of me. Maybe a part of me. Was even a little afraid. Was even a little afraid. Of it being a success. Oh, of it being a success. Then everything would change. Then everything would change. I'd have to call myself a writer. I'd have to call myself a writer. And everything that comes with that. And everything that comes with that. All that 2016 fear. All that 2016 fear. That industry reading. That industry reading. I can still remember that fear. I can still remember that fear. I still hold it in my body. I still hold it in my body. And perhaps it's safe to release it now. And perhaps it's safe to release it now. Because I did survive. Because I did survive. In fact, it went pretty well. In fact, it went pretty well. I don't need to hold on to that fear. I don't need to hold on to that fear. It's okay to let it go. It's okay to let it go. I give myself permission to let I, it go. I give myself permission to let it go. I give myself per permission to relax. I give myself permission to relax. At a cellular level. At a cellular level. All the old fear. All the old fear. From that, from that event. From that event. Held in each one of my cells. Held in each one of my cells. I'm releasing it now. I'm releasing it now. Letting go. Letting go. It's okay to do so. It's okay to do so. It won't make me bad or stupid. It won't make me bad or stupid. In fact, it may even free me up. In fact, it may even free me up. To do more of what I love to do. To do more of what I love to do. Okay, take a breath. <laughs> See how you're feeling now. Good, I feel calmer. I felt some joy come through that. Yeah, yeah. My body mm -hmm. is 
relaxing here. I'm not holding in as much. Even felt a little bit of little little tear coming to my eye a little bit as well in there. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing that old healing can be a little bit teary making because you realize, oh my God, I've held on to this and and it hurts. It's painful, you know. So yeah. And bring it back to the present now and think about sitting down to write on to write some revisions on the king's legacy. Okay. What comes up? How much fear first? Mm. There's still definitely some fear there. Yeah, um, not quite done. Mm. <laughs> not quite done, indeed. Yeah. Um, I would call it five. Okay, so little by little. But what, what's in the five now then, Michael? What kind of thoughts maybe? Let's do a round on thoughts. Mm. Um, it's tied to that being seen idea. Yeah. And what's coming up for me is so obvious. Uh, very <laughs> often on, is, you know. Anyone on this channel will know this already. I So, yeah, I identify very strongly with Anne Boleyn and her story, which is why I had chosen it originally. And I feel like the thought that's coming up for me now is fleshing out her story is like fleshing out my own. And that's what that feels like, yeah. Fleshing out my own story wow you can see why you have so much resistance to it can't you yeah yeah i mean you know this is yeah um okay and what's the danger and you know we all know what the danger was for her but you know what about you or yeah well the the major piece be beheaded <laughs> no. No, and I'm kind of a, no, but I, you know, sometimes I ask these questions, and you know, if anyone else asks them, it's kind of yeah, of course, sarcasm. But it's not. A part of yeah. you will maybe be feeling, yeah, I'm going to go to the guillotine for this, you know. <laughs> if I sure, it's yeah, for me, it's less about the fear of death. Hmm. It's about oh, this is interesting, Jenny. This is interesting. What's coming up here? Okay, share it. <laughs> yeah, so there's two pieces here. There's one which is hi everyone, you're seeing Michael Reddy, nice and vulnerable today. Um <laughs> one piece of it is that uh part of her story that's missing are a few very key emotional moments that I kind of purposely skipped over when writing it, um, even though I know they need to be there. Um, so the emotional piece of her journey that felt very close to where I was at the time that this show premiered in 2019. And then the other piece about it is less about the death. It doesn't feel and like that, death. What kind of emotions? Sadness or or what kind of emotions are you or um no, it's it's emotional embodiment. It's the moments where in her story she takes her emotions, embodies them, and finds her power. Okay. Okay. All right. Um so there's some fear there. Okay. There definitely is. And then it's less about the death for me. It's more about how the world turned against her. Mm -hmm. No matter what the outcome was, obviously it was her death of her beheading, but um, okay, yeah, that's she, a good one. she was herself and then the world said no. Okay. So, and that's a very, you know, I would say that's a, 
a big fear. If I put this out there in this new improved format sort of thing, and what if the world turns against me? Yeah. So, you know, I'm probably better off just not doing anything. I'll wait on this. I've got lots of other things going on in my life, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, okay. All right. Let's go with that. You know, if you could say that, just say that out loud, Michael, the world might turn against me. The world might turn against me. Or even the world will turn against me. The world will turn against me. How true does that feel? Oh, true. Um, is, there anyone, is there anyone particular in the world? Other writers, critics, your parents? You know, it all kind of feels wrapped together. There's no yeah. one that stands out specifically. Um, no, but that feels very true. That feels like a nine to me. It feels sizable. Ouch, ouch. So, and, and for anyone, you know, doing this with us, listening, think about your own writing. Think about if I put this out there, especially, you know, I'm saying it's going to be improved. It's even better. And how true is that fear for you? The world will turn against me, you know, because, yeah. We have these fears and they feel so real and so visceral and so embodied that it's no wonder we hold back, you know? Yeah. And for for other writers out there, I know a lot of you are writing things based on your personal experiences. Um, And so this is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad we're doing this today. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you for being my guinea pig, Michael. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Okay, let's do a bit of tapping on these kind of uh, uh, thoughts that come up, all right? So even though the world will turn against me. Even though the world will turn against me. I love and accept myself completely. I love and accept myself completely. Even though I'm really afraid the world will turn against me. Even though I'm really afraid the world will turn against me. I love and honour myself completely. I love and honour myself completely. Even though I'm so afraid the world will turn against me. Even though I am so afraid the world will turn against me. They'll see me for who I am. They'll see me for who I am. So flawed. So flawed. So imperfect. So imperfect. So vulnerable. So vulnerable. And even the world will turn even though the world will turn against me. Even though the world will turn against me. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely. Love, honor, and accept myself. Love, honor, and accept myself. Mm-hmm. Let's go on the points, okay? The world will turn against me. The world will turn against me. I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid. That if I do this new improved version. That if I do this new and improved version. Put more key emotional moments in it. Put more key emotional moments in it. Mm -hmm. Really embody the emotions. Really embody the emotions. I'll be putting too much of myself in there. I'll be putting too much of myself in there. And that feels really dangerous. That feels really dangerous. It feels really risky. Feels really risky. Maybe people won't understand me. Maybe people won't understand me. Maybe what they've accepted before maybe what they've accepted before will just be too much now will just be too much now and i'll be rejected and i'll be rejected 
and my work will be rejected. And my work will be rejected. All this hard work I put into it. All this hard work I put into it. All this bearing of my soul. All this bearing of my soul. Mm -hmm. And it, it'll have negative consequences. It'll have negative consequences. I'm so afraid the world will turn against me. I'm so afraid the world will turn against me. And I choose to heal. I choose to heal. Every time. Every time. All the way back through my past. All the way back through my past. When the world did turn against me. The world did turn against me. Maybe I was seven years old. Maybe I was seven years old. And I wasn't, wasn't picked for the team. And I wasn't picked for the team. Or I was laughed at. Or I was laughed at. Or maybe it was later on. Maybe it was later on. When I really put myself out there. When I really put myself out there. And I didn't get the response I wanted. And I didn't get the response I wanted. And it felt like the world turned against me. And it felt like the world turned against me. And I was shut out in the cold. And I was shut out in the cold. And a part of me doesn't know if it's worth it. A part of me doesn't know if it's worth it. And it's not just rejecting me. And it's not just rejecting me. It's rejecting my baby. It's rejecting my baby. My creative um, offspring. My creative offspring. Which I care so much about. Which I care so much about. I put so much work into this. I put so much work into this. So much of me. So much of me. How can I risk this? How can I risk this? All this fear I'm feeling. All this fear I'm feeling. All this belief. All this belief. That the world will turn against me. That the world will turn against me. Mm -hmm. And then I won't have anywhere to be. And then I won't have anywhere to be. Either on a personal level. Either on a personal level. Or as a creative. Or as a creative. As a writer. As a writer. It'll prove all these fears I have about myself. It'll prove all these fears I have about myself. That I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Not unique enough. Not unique enough. Not brilliant enough. <laughs> not brilliant enough. Not prolific enough. <laughs> oh, not prolific enough. <laughs> all these fears that I hold. All these fears that I hold. And I choose to heal. And I choose to heal. All the times I've felt this way. All the times I've felt this way. All the messages messages I've been given along the way. All the messages I've been given along the way. The old programming. The old programming. That told me not to stand out. That told me not to stand out. Not to take risks. Not to take risks. Not to show my key emotional moments. Not to show my key emotional moments. Hmm. And I choose to heal. I choose to heal. I choose to know it's safe. I choose to know it's safe. I'm, I'm looking at all the writers that I admire. I'm looking at all the writers I admire. All the writers that I revere. All the writers I revere. And maybe one of the things they have in common. Maybe one of the things they have in common. Is that they did show their emotions. That they did show their emotions. And it didn't make me reject them. And it didn't make me reject them. On the contrary. On the contrary. It made me examine myself. It made me examine myself. Mm -hmm. And heal myself. 
and heal myself. And I choose to do this for the world. And I choose to do this for the world. And for myself. And for myself. It's okay to do so. It's okay to do so. I choose to know it's safe to do so. I choose to know it is safe to do so. I'm letting all the different parts within me. I'm letting all the different parts within me. Know that I can do this. Know that I can do this. And I can handle whatever comes. I can handle whatever comes. Mm -hmm. And I choose to feel good about that. And I choose to feel good about that. In body, mind, and spirit. In body, mind, and spirit. Yeah, okay. So take a breath, right, Michael? And see where that's left you. Just take a moment just to feel inside. And say to yourself, maybe, you know, I can I can do these revisions or I, it's okay to sit down or, you know, think about going ahead now and how it feels. Oh, yeah, it feels somewhere maybe like a five and a half. Okay, so there's still stuff there. But here's the thing. It's a big drop, though. It, it, it's better yeah and and we don't you know ideally we get down through like a two or something sure. but the main thing is to take the extreme stuckness and I can't do it and get to the point it doesn't mean we're never going to feel fear again although right. it gets better the more we kind of tap the more we uh, introduce these new ideas and everything but it doesn't have to be at a zero to take the steps you know and then we can not now but you know then you can Tap on the tiny steps as well. You know, even though I'm resisting getting my pet, my opening my computer or something, I love an excitement. I've got a YouTube video which is not in the mood. You know, that's a real typical one. I don't, oh, really don't feel it, you know, and things like that. Yeah. So, um, anyway, that was. Plus, um, I guarantee you, I will go back and tap to the same thing again. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, one thing that, that, although before you were saying, you know, it does keep you, um, on course but another thing that does happen as we tap is sometimes our mind does wander off because we start thinking of other things mm -hmm. that are connected and that's good that's good that's our brains we're processing different what needs to be processed yeah. so it really is it's such a forgiving folk process it's a very much you know anything goes the only thing probably wrong is if you don't do it right you know that's like anything isn't it you know if you right. don't so um you know the, yeah and and as far as like my brain going off on other things there was a moment in that round where <laughs> I think I spent uh, almost a cycle kind of accidentally processing yeah pre-processing the vulnerability of sharing this video <laughs> okay yes yes a bit more tapping there but you know yeah. I think the main thing, and it's a bit like I was saying about the writing. You know, you're sharing things. These are universal fears. Right. And so the fact that you can write, uh, you can feel them, and still put things out there. You know, that that to me is. Uh, the more people I work with, the more I realize that yeah, we think everyone else has got their shit together, and none of us have got it oh I mean I think there are a few illuminated people out there who do you know people like Eckhart Tolle and people like that but probably even he has his stuff going on you know so but but maybe not um but you know what I mean most of us do still have fears but we just don't share them with the world and yeah. this is a safe place to be able to share 
you know, well, obviously, you know, in your community, you know that people know you for who you are and everything. And it's just saying, yeah, and this is a part of me as well. Good. It yeah. doesn't take away from all the rest of the success and the incredible competence and all the rest of it, you know. Yeah. 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 That's a beautiful point and something that I've been trying to keep in mind just with all the work I've been doing over the past couple of years is that that idea of just because we feel something or just because we've done something does not mean that we are less than it does not negate any of the positive right just because you're feeling angry doesn't make you an angry person just because you've done something that you weren't proud of does not mean that you're a bad person you know all, all these things that I, I think especially in the arts we end up just like pulling into ourselves into our identities yeah and and that's why I think you know this process is so valuable especially if you have that tendency and I think the reason I think most of us do, because we're drawn to this kind of introspection and, and you know, being artists, being creative, it, it comes with a package. And mm -hmm. so this kind of thing, being able to say, you know, even though, and then you state your, what's that, whatever's going on for you, I love and accept myself completely. I mean, you know, we're told yeah. love, self-compassion, self-love, self-acceptance is the way to go. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but very often I thought, yeah, but how can I do it when I'm really hating on myself oh. for for failing in my mind at something or, or, you know, in the world, truly failing at something to actually say I love and accept myself can feel really, you know. Hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As well as all the messages we've had, you know, I, I worked once with this woman. I mean, this is a kind of extreme, but she's Catholic and very. um And for the first three months of working together, she would not say every time I say I love and accept myself. She said, I'm not saying that, Jenny. And I go, oh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> and but I kept on saying it. And after a couple of months, she started sort of, you know, and then she did a whole turnaround. And that was a real. Um... Yeah. And, you know, and it's this idea of, yeah, for her, obviously, it was you only love God, you can't love yourself. And she's really good God. Sure. And, 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 you know, when, when people talk about tapping as being kind of, uh, I hate the term, but kind of woo-woo, like, mm -hmm. I feel like that's the piece that everyone gloms onto. It's that, like, oh, I love and accept myself. It's like, is, it, is that bad? Can't we? Are, aren't we allowed I, I know. to? <laughs> And exactly. And, you know, what are we meant to love and accept our fellow humans? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. That's seen as a good thing. But loving and accepting yourself is seen as suspect or, you know, kind of. Mm -hmm. And you think, really? I'm a person too, people. Yeah. You know, when, when people say, oh, it's OK, other people. But remember, I'm people too, you know. And so if you honestly cannot. And, and, and I think in this space, the worst thing is then it, it limits our creativity so much. Exactly. We can't take any risks. We can't really express ourselves. We can't trust ourselves to, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's really actually really important. And, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we are evolving. At least now yeah. it's a conversation. Didn't used to be, you know, but and little by little. And so, and, you know, you can tell, even though I cannot love and accept myself, I love and accept myself. Anyway. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It's and, and okay, but also seriously, you can also say it's something different. You could say, I'm safe where I am right now, or I accept where I am now, or mm. I 
just to love and accept my choose is very powerful because then it comes the way you know if you really honestly cannot be saying I love and accept myself completely then say I choose to know I'm safe right now or something like that okay because that that is a no one thing tapping for example it's being approved by the American Association of Veterans as a treatment for PTSD Oh, lovely. So, you know, working with a veteran, I probably or, you know, you probably wouldn't launch in with a love and accept my, you know, this person who's been trying to be a killing machine or something, you know, right. I love I'm completely, you know, so really. So then you will probably say I'm safe right now or something like that. So it can be moderated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and just uh, to reflect that moment about the idea of I choose. Mm. I mean, nothing happens passively, right? We have to actively be making these choices mm. and, you know, actively making the choice to to try the EFT, to be um, willing, to be vulnerable enough to to give this a go, I think is, yeah. you know, that's- No, and I, I do want to say, I really do applaud you though, Michael, for being, you know, as vulnerable as you have been today and really saying the things out loud, which- <laughs> Um, normally, <laughs> when I work in a group, I don't, you know, say it. obviously if it's a group I know and love and they're in it's a safe, um, I, we do go in deep. Now, if it was a group of people, you know, who I've never met before, I certainly do not say bear your soul. In fact, you can, you can tap. I've tapped with people and I've said to people, oh, can you tell me her name? It was something that happened. And they say, no. And and I read, okay, no, because we have a, it's someone we know mutually. And you right. can chat with me without even telling me any of the details at all, right. so, which is wonderful. So it's also a safe space to that extent, you know. So yeah. I work in a group, it's more more generic, but if someone is wants to talk about their stuff, they can, but they don't have to, you know. So just yeah. just uh, make that very clear as well. It, it, it's not that come to the tapping session, you have to air your doors you know your dirty laundry sort of thing you don't you really don't you yeah know? you don't have to pull a michael ratty on this everybody no. <laughs> but that that is a really uh, great segue moment yeah. here because uh we are going to be doing a uh a group session yeah on yeah. july 13th um, is it yeah was it the 17th or the 13th it's a Thursday. Yeah, 13th. Yeah, 13th. July 13th. Yeah. Uh, inside the Musical Theatre Rain Collective, we're yeah. going to be doing a free group event, um, which the the name of which I adore, uh, tapping into giving fewer Fs, um, <laughs> just to keep it PG. Uh, how, how to use EFT to, to be imposter syndrome, mm. which, you know, we kind of like briefly ran up against today, but yeah, I think I that's something that we all feel um as as humans let alone creatives let alone writers yeah yeah um so so friends good juicy stuff to talk about in that (laughs) indeed so so for all of you out there if if you've been thinking about joining the collective or you are a member hi hello um that is that's going to be next week july 13th and we're doing that at noon eastern standard time um i believe so that's G- GMT minus five, 5 p.m. Right. GMT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely. So um, these friends do do join us if you would like to come come join us in the collective. Mm-hmm. 
oh, Jenny, thank you so much for this work today. This is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Can you tell us a bit about where people can find you if they yeah, would sure. like to further explore your work and work with absolutely, you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, on social media, if you look for Jenny Cliff Coaching or Jenny Cliff Coach on Instagram, um, on uh, my website is, in fact, a better life tapping or after a better life tapping. But also if you put Jenny Cliff um, EFT, it, it'll come out as well. So yeah, and I have um I have a link there to you know if you want to do a sort of short intro call with me and things like that. But um yeah, because you do group work and private work, yes, absolutely. I do one to ones and I do groups and everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. beautiful, beautiful. So I'll put all of that in the description, everyone. Everything will be clickable for you. And, and I have a YouTube channel with lots of um uh, videos as well for you know tapping tapping rounds for performers and for, for artists. Beautiful. Oh, thank you so much for sharing this work with all of us. It is beautiful, wonderful, important. And this wellness piece is something that we should all be talking about more in the theater, no matter what your position is. So I yeah. so Absolutely. appreciate you. And, you know, people are talking about much more, you know, if, even if we want to just think of this as something to get an edge on other people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. You know, I remember once my EFT coach saying, I mean, do you want to just keep the secret that because I was doing all this work with him because, you know, to have an edge. And it's true, you know, that people are using it. If you people who want to do, you know, peak performance kind of stuff, and that includes writing, you know, it's, but people are finding out about it now, which is great. <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. And thank you. Thank you for sharing it with us. My pleasure. Thank you, Michael. I'm really, really grateful to you for, for setting this up. Oh my goodness, my pleasure. I'm so happy to have you. It's always, <laughs> I love good. Introducing it's always you. good to talk to you. So so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we'll we'll wrap up the recording piece here before we finish our call. And I'll just say thank you to all of you for being here as well. Hopefully you found some value today in uh tapping along with us or even just learning about EFT and getting to meet Jenny, who is just a wonderful human being. Um and don't forget, you can join us next week if you'd like to, July 13th, 2023, and we will be uh, introducing, <laughs> we're tapping through imposter syndrome together. Um, so everyone, until I see you next time, thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening to Musical Theater Writer Guy, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review this show as it really helps others to discover what you already know. And please do share this show far and wide so we may all become an even closer musical theater community.